You're listening to the Leading Second Podcast, where we are on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, and we never want you to miss an episode. So make sure you hit follow and stay up to date with all things Leading Second. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. From the second chair for the second chair, this is Leading Second. Welcome to the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Dylan Ritchie, and I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second. I'm so glad you joined us for our new mini-series that we're calling Summer Camp. You know, we know for a lot of church staff and team, summer is a time of rest, a time of slowing down before the busyness of fall comes. Well, our goal with Summer Camp is to create a space where you can come, be refreshed, and be challenged as a leader. And just like the Leading Second Camp this past March, we're going to speak directly to the heart of second chair leadership. Today's episode will be a little different than maybe what you're used to here at Leading Second. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take some time to dive into an incredible teaching from Pastor Nicole Moore at a Champion Center in Tacoma, Washington. And then we're gonna spend some time discussing how this teaching impacts us as leaders in the middle, and then how we can practically implement these lessons into our leadership. And you could be listening today from the beach, the gym, your car, or maybe a flight home from your next family vacation. No matter where you're listening from, we want to encourage you to lean in to today's episode. But before we jump in, we're excited to announce a fresh initiative here at Leading Second, a new part of the Leading Second lineup, and that's our Leading Second coaching groups. We are launching a new, reimagined, and immersive coaching experience this fall of 2022. Applications are now open, and we're excited for you to join us. These groups are for you if you want to stretch your leadership capacity and gain tools for immediate application, if you wanna develop personal leadership rhythms to help you carry the weight of ministry with your pastors, or if you wanna join a tribe of thriving, like-minded leaders and grow in your network with other leaders serving in similar roles. Through these reimagined coaching groups, you will be empowered to better lead and serve your church and have a supporting network of leaders to help you run strong for the kingdom. Coaching groups are for executive pastors, campus pastors, and anyone who serves on your church's leadership team. This one-year coaching group experience will include a new team of coaches and also include an on-site retreat this winter that you won't want to miss. We're believing God is going to use these groups to sharpen executive leaders in the church. Applications are due by August 11th, 2022, so head to our website today, check out our Instagram, and consider applying. It will not be the same without you. Well, we're excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking about the discipline of remembrance. I'm excited to get into this conversation today with some of my friends, one of them being Pastor Tim Tribble from Parallel Church in Canada. Hey guys, so glad to be here. The other being Gina Anderson from Champion Center in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Leading Second, so glad to be on today. It's an honor. So excited for this conversation today. Let's jump on in. We no longer practice the discipline of remembering. And that is tough because when we get into trouble, We can allow all kinds of other things to be piling into our mind instead of remembering where we need to go when we get into a tough time and when trouble hits, especially when it hits wave after wave after wave. And we often forget 
all of what God has done and who he has been in our life. And, and I, and I, as I shared today, I just want to talk a bit about David and his life because David is someone I think we can all relate to because he dealt with trouble often, especially if you're in ministry at all. And trouble looks different for all of us, y'all. Okay. We've got trouble and it just looks really different. And David, he knew what trouble looked like 20 years. We know this 20 years after his anointing to be king before he actually stepped into the role. I mean, that in itself is trouble. Okay. We we can look now at the whole of David's life and we can see how God was shaping and molding him throughout all of the challenges of his life experiences so that he would be prepared for his calling as king. Now we can look back and see the whole thing, but for you and me, we're not always looking at the whole of our life. Oftentimes our struggle comes when we don't consider the whole of our life and we're just hyper-focused on what's happening right now and this moment. And so to offer you a bit of encouragement, I thought we would just look at the life of David for a moment here and go back and see, man, okay, my life isn't maybe as bad as David's was. So I'm, I'm just going to, the text I'm going to talk to you about is just 1 Samuel 29 and, and chapter 30. Uh, I'm not going to read all of that, but so maybe just give you the... Um, the cliff notes, spark notes, whatever, uh, quick version. Saul has been hunting David down to kill him. Okay. David decides after all these different encounters he's had that the only place he can go where Saul won't look for him is to the land of the Philistines. Now, remember to put this into perspective, David who killed Goliath was a part of the Philistine army. So now David is going not only to to be amongst the Philistines. He's actually going to Gath, which is where they believe Goliath was from. So he's going to the actually place where Goliath uh, originated. And he's now going to hide by serving in an army that is the enemy of God's people. That is a very bold move, okay? So David's doing this. He finds favor with King Achish of Gath, and he uh, gave him the whole town of Ziklag. He's like, look, we don't really like living in the city, so could we go live in the country? And he's like, sure, take some, here's Ziklag, go ahead. And David lived there for over a year. So eventually his relationship with King Achish got stronger, and he served him well, like David we know to be true in his character. He was loyal. He served him well. He was faithful to him. And then uh, the Philistine armies called all of the surrounding armies to join with them to go to battle. And it was discovered then by the Philistine leaders that David and his men had joined the Philistine army. They were at the back of the line, so to speak, with, with King Achish. And they call Achish up and they say, hey, what's going on? Isn't this the David that killed 10,000s? So they wanted him out because remember, they, they were like, we know how fierce this warrior is. And they feared that he would turn on them. So... King Achish with a heavy heart said, you got to go, bud. Love you, but you got to go. You can't be here. And immediately David comes back to the king and he says, what have I done wrong? How many times have we asked ourselves that question in the last year and a half? What have I done wrong? David was loyal. He was faithful. He was willing to fight for the one that he was loyal to, even if it meant that he was fighting against his own people. Even if it meant he was fighting alongside the Philistines. Yet, in spite of all that, he's rejected again. So he begins his three-day journey home. And after fighting the Amalekites and having been in battle, three days he's traveling. He's imagined they're exhausted, they're tired. And David and his men return to Ziklag only to find that their wives and their children had been taken captive by their enemies and their homes and everything that they had established had been burned. Now, that's bad, but it gets even worse. As a result, 
David's with all these men, they start to turn on him. And in 1 Samuel 30, verse 3, it says that when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured and David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his loss of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. David did all the right things. Yet he was hunted by Saul, living among enemies of Israel to survive, fighting against his own people, faithful and loyal. And then he faces death by his own people. You and I may not have the same circumstances as David, but this past year and a half has felt a whole lot like what he went through. Wave upon wave of disappointment and worry and fear. And at times, if we're really going to be honest, despair. But David remembered the Lord and he found strength in the Lord, his God. And in the midst of all the turmoil, he did what he had done so often. And that was inquired of the Lord of what he should do. And in the end, instead of the men turning on him, David's men rallied with him to defeat the Amalekites and everything that he had lost the wife, wives in his case, uh, the children, uh, all the stuff, the plunder had been returned to him. In the Old Testament, many times the Lord told his people to make a memorial. And sometimes it was nothing more than just a pile of stones. They crossed over the Jordan River, pause, grab a bunch of stones. We're going to make a memorial here. Why? Because God wanted his people to remember what he had done for them. And in this season that we are in, we have to continue to practice the discipline of remembrance. Wow, what an incredible message from Pastor Nicole. I love this idea of the discipline of remembrance, that when we're in seasons of difficulty, maybe seasons of struggle, or even seasons where there's a lot of unknowns, we can be encouraged and we can get excited just based on our ability to go back and remember God's faithfulness and the work that he has done in past seasons. And I want to talk about that a little bit today with our panel. And first, I just want to talk to you guys very simply. I want to open up the conversation with this question. Maybe how have you developed a discipline of remembrance in your leadership and your role in ministry? For me personally, this whole idea of, of remembrance and the discipline of remembrance was really um, a God-breathed moment in my life. You know, we talk about those moments you're called to ministry. I feel like this was a specific, like, markable moment in my life. And uh, I was in a time of prayer, and the Holy Spirit just so creatively uh, breathed this picture into my spirit of a pond. And I was standing there in the middle, and I could see the other side. Um, but in front of me was, you know, just water. And I just was kind of contemplating how am I supposed to get there? And then just the most gentle nudge was like, turn around. And so in my head, you know, I turn around and I just began to see all these little stepping stones from the other side of the pond that got me to where I was in the middle. And all of a sudden it just started making sense. God was showing me those little stepping stones were all those moments of faithfulness in my life that had gotten me from that other side to where I was standing now. And so then when I turned and looked back, all of a sudden now I could see all those stepping stones that were going to get me to the other side that I couldn't see before. And that for me, I think has just started this whole 
um, yeah, just idea of the discipline of remembrance, both personally in my life, but I think also in my leadership, just helping me remember when I'm in situations where it's difficult and where it's hard and I might feel stuck in my situation, I have to stop and intentionally remember to turn around and look back at all of those stepping stones that got me to where I am now, because I don't think that our struggle is often where am I headed, but how am I supposed to get there? And so when we turn around and we see those little stepping stones, oh yeah, that was the moment I surrendered. And that was the moment that I trusted God with that. And that was the moment that God was so faithful to me. Then when we turn around and look forward, then it's easy to, it's easy to move forward because we know how we're going to get there. Man, I love that. And I love that you talk about that moment, right? I think some of us in, 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 in varying situations, but we all have a similar story of that moment, that moment where God spoke to us, that moment where God called us. I can remember my moment. I was actually sitting um, at VU Conference, which is down in Miami, Florida. And I remember the moment that God spoke to me and, and God really called me into ministry. And it's so funny because you talk about discipline. Well, that's one of the disciplines that I've implemented into my life is just, I'm going to go back. And every year, you know, obviously COVID threw a wrench in this, but every year I, I make plans to go back and to be back in that moment, just so God can remind me of that moment where he called me and I can kind of reignite that flame and that fire and that passion for the ministry that he called me into. So I love that. I, I, I love that you have that moment because I feel like it's moments like that, that really fuel us. And even in the moments where maybe our flame has dimmed a little bit, it can reignite that flame for us as we remember what God spoke and what God did in that moment. So I love talking about those moments. Thanks, Gina. Tim, how about you? Yeah, that was so good. Thanks, Gina. Uh, I think I would have to, like for me personally, my wife and I, we, we did youth ministry for, we've been doing it now for 15 years. And I think a lot of my discipline to remember goes back and looking at the people who we used to run with and looking at the ones who are running with us now. So taking like that moment in every op ministry opportunity to be like, who's running this race beside me? And then taking about what was their story? How did they start with me? Like, what was the influence that they made on me or that I made on them that, that chose them to keep in the race. And so like we had used to have youth that were sleeping over on our, our couch, like back in Penticton, BC. And, and it was just a small youth group, but the relationships and the foundation that was being built there, we had no idea the potential of it because now 15 years later, we're in another province in a whole different church. And a few of these youth are now serving alongside us still in this ministry. So when we talk about God being a generational God, is that we can't expect him to be a generational God without having evidence of that generation showing up in the things that that he's instilled in us. So it's like seeds that he planted years ago, but we're starting to see the harvest of it like now. So when I talk about the discipline of remembrance, I love this question because it forces me to look at my team that I'm serving alongside and be like, this isn't just for now. This is planting seeds for the future. Man, I love that. I love that you have the opportunity to really look around you and really see the fruit of ministry that you've done in the past. Kind of a constant reminder of God's faithfulness, not only in that season, but even in this season, which can encourage you in the seasons to come. So second thing I wanted to ask you guys today regarding the, the teaching that we heard is where have you seen this discipline provide you with support and encouragement in this past season where maybe it's been a little bit more difficult or, or just new um, a, a new understanding or a new perspective of ministry. How, how has this discipline really provided you with support and encouragement in this past season of your ministry? I think in this is, uh, I think the last year and a half, uh, I've done an intentional audit of what's been around me. So thoughts and emotions, like throughout COVID, I think I was harboring and wearing on my sleeve. And, and if the environment got too too tense, it was it was kind of let loose. 
And it was really easy to get frustrated. It was easy to lose patience and easy to lose focus of why we're here or why we were doing what we were doing. And what I didn't realize was in the high pressure situations, it wasn't confident leadership that was coming out. It was released stress of everything that had been bottled up inside, setting aside time at the beginning or the end of the day to reflect and to go back allowed me to categorize my worries, if you know what I'm saying. And being here in Canada, like the perseverance through the last year and a half came through a couple of things. Number one, um, had to reassign new values to new rhythms. And so where I used to put high importance and energy towards work and tasks and getting a sense of fulfillment from those, I had to change my scope. And I spent time in the word, double time with my kids and family. And it wasn't just for our church and family that was facing uncertainty. Like my kids were on the verge of not having a sense of social stability, like everything they knew was getting thrown up in the air. So it's like, it's exactly what uh, Pastor Nicole Moore said, talking about even using the example of the Israelites and like coming across the Jordan River and stacking stones. It's like, how am I stacking my stones daily so that I can look and be like, man, God is so good. We're facing this now, but like he's come through before, he'll do it again. And that's awesome, Tim. How about you, Gina? Yeah, uh, I love that in the question you mentioned, you know, how does this discipline of remembrance uh, give us support and encouragement? And I think a lot of times we can look at that word encouragement and and think of it as, you know, flattery, just really short lived, you know, puff us up a little bit. Um, But when I think about encourage, I think about the fact that it's really, you know, when we're encouraging or when we're encouraged, it's inspiring courage on the inside of us. And I think for me, that's where I've seen the biggest impact in my discipline of remembrance is that I've watched the evidence of God just breathing courage on the inside of me. And, you know, I am actually fairly new to full-time ministry. So I'm just at about a year and a half, which is so awesome. Um, But I jumped in right in the middle of all things pandemic. And so I'm not just learning now like full-time ministry, but what does that look like, you know, when it's never looked like this before? Um, and so I've, yeah, I've faced those challenges. I've, I've faced those tough situations, but I think in all of those, when I slowed down and took the time, um, to look back and remember all of the areas of God's goodness in my life, it was just as pastor Nicole was talking about David, you know, he was strengthened in the Lord and, and God, you know, God gives us that courage that just, uh, strengthens us on the inside. I think the courage to face the difficulties, the courage to, um, you know, face all those hard times. But probably for me, most of all was just the courage to take the next step, the courage to do the the next thing and ultimately just keep moving forward, keep advancing. I love that. I love this idea of just take the next step, just do the next right thing, do the next thing that God's calling you to. And I feel like for that, even that's a discipline in itself. But through that discipline, having the discipline of remembrance to be able to look back and go, the reason why I can take this step is because I knew and I know God was faithful in the last step. And as we continue to move forward, we we are reminded constantly that in every season and in every step, our God is faithful to do what he called us to do and what he said he would do in our lives. So love it. I love this conversation, the discipline of remembrance. We're going to listen a little bit more into this teaching and hear what else Pastor Nicole has for us. So let's check out the teaching. Deuteronomy 6.12 says, Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Take care. Remember. Isaiah 46.9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I don't care what's going on in your world today. He is God and there is no other. There is no one like him. 
Psalm 119, David again, I will remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I will keep your law. Psalm 77 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. And Psalm 43 for me really is just such an expression of what David was going through in that season of turmoil with Achish. And he says, the enemy pursues me and he crushes me to the ground and he makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me and my heart within me is dismayed. And the next thing he says, I remember the days of long ago and I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you because I thirst for you, God, like a parched land. I'm wrapping it up with three things that remembering does for us. Remembering reframes our perspective. Remembering reframes our perspective. I personally like to read my news. I do not let anyone just decide what they're going to tell me. I like to go on apps. I have a couple apps I read and I just read through the headlines. Can I tell you that just reading the headlines can suck me into the negativity of our world in about 30 seconds? I can get so down and lost in the weeds and the details of all the things that are going wrong with our world, all the worries and the strife and the struggles that I can do nothing about personally myself in that moment. But when I remember the whole of my life, when I remember for, for those of you who are Americans, I used to teach us history and I taught from colonial America to civil war. And there are times that I remember what God did to help the early colonists beat the superpower military of the world, which was the British. It was impossible for them. It doesn't even make sense that the colonists were able to do what they did. God was with them. He was for our nation back then, and he's going to be for our nation now, even if we might have lost our way. I, I remembering reframes our perspective. It helps us see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The second thing is remembering releases the burden back to the Lord. All of us can find ourselves consumed by our thoughts. Uh, we're doing a, a study right now, uh, Pastor Louis Giglio's um, Don't Let the Enemy Have a Seat at Your Table as our part of our uh, small group curriculum. And we're coming together each week and we're talking about it. And I was listening to him speak a couple weeks ago and he asked a simple question, who or what is shepherding your heart? And if we're honest with ourselves today, we can admit that often it's the cares of this world, the cares of your world that could be the church stuff, it could be your family stuff, it could be culture stuff, the cares of the world that slowly gain ground over the shepherd of our heart that we want to be leading us, which is Jesus. But when we remember that nothing is impossible for our God, we can release the burden back to the Lord because he is well able. And the third thing is remembering results in praise. I'll close with this, Psalm 13 David again, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long? How long will you hide your face from me? We're honest. We're, we've probably prayed that prayer a few times in the last year and a half. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And then David says this, but I trust in your unfailing love. What's he doing? Remembering, I'm remembering who God is. I'm remembering his unfailing love. He says, my heart rejoices in your salvation and I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good 
to me. What do we do when we remember? We remember God's goodness. It results in praise. It results in God, you're good. The circumstances, it might suck right now, God, but you're good and you're well able and you've promised you'll never leave me. You'll promise you'll never forsake me. And I'm going to live out Psalm 103 too, that says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Wow. Powerful, 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 powerful. I love this. Remembering reframes our perspective. Remembering releases the burden back to the Lord and remembering results in praise that when we remember God's faithfulness, when we remember what God has done in our lives and what God is doing in our lives, it will always result in praise. And I wanted to take some time today with you, Tim, and with you, Gina, just to talk about maybe some practical action steps that we can take from this teaching today. I want to talk about maybe some things that we can do either today, tomorrow, or even in this next season where the discipline of remembering can really show up in our lives and have a real impact so that we can move forward and we can continue to run this race called ministry. So can you give me an example of maybe where you've created space in your calendar to have some moments of reflection. Gina, you first. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, for me, the the action step is make your remembrance visible. And I know a lot of times uh, it doesn't take much for me to become blind or or just forget, you know, the goodness of God, those moments of remembrance. So for me, it's taking time, uh, you know, a setting side of time in my calendar um, to sit down and to make my remembrance visible. And so, uh, you know, you think about going to the grocery store, you have your grocery list in front of you. So you remember the things that you need to get right. Or, or your to-do list, you're writing down the things you need to remember. And so for me, maybe it doesn't look like a, a remembrance list per se, but, um, on my phone, I have uh, right on my lock screen. It's the same verse that pastor Nicole talked about, bless the Lord, oh my soul and forget not all his benefits. And that's the first thing on my lock screen. So when I get a notification and my phone lights up, I'm looking straight down and saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Um, three by five cards have been another best friend of mine that I will write any scripture or, or promise or anything. And I'm taping them up around my apartment, in my bathroom, uh, on my work computer, so that at any moment I can look down and see in front of me those, those things to remember. Um, and so that's mine. Just make your remembrance visible. I love that. Put it up somewhere, right? That way, wherever you are, in your car, in your house, and then you're at your, at your work, at, in your workspace, just a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of remembrance to say, hey, just remember, God's been faithful. How about you, Tim? Man, I, I, if you allow me, I'd like to split this up into two parts. So um, absolutely, exactly echoing what Gina said is that making it visible and having those visual reminders everywhere you go, it's like, man... I'm so thankful for what God's done. And I think of that scripture that says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So if we take that and say, when I'm walking out my front door, I'm going out into the kingdom. It's like, I'm walking out my front door and I'm like, 
God, thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for where you've placed me, the people you've placed me with. And then going out and being like, okay, now that I'm thankful, I'm going to praise you for uh, my job. I'm going to praise you for the miracles and the wonders that you've done in my family. And having those, I think that's kind of giving us a blueprint of how we like go out into the world every day. It's like we're going to enter his gates of thanksgiving and his courts with praise. On a leadership sense, I think it's really important too. Like David was like a killer leader. And when you look back, and you think about just the leadership side of things is that David wasn't just reflecting on the Lord for himself. He was reflecting on the Lord as a leader. And when we have people underneath us, I think it's important the review process and going back because as leaders, we make mistakes. And that reviewing process is actually beneficial to us. And our Pastor Kelly always says, you can't manage what you don't measure. So how am I going to competently manage the future if I don't accurately measure the past and take that time to be like, okay, I had a rough conversation as a leader. I'm going to go back and review my contribution in that meeting and be like, how do, how do I make myself better? And for the leading second leaders out there is that what could be, what if the better side of you is on the other side of your, your ability to go back and review as a leader and to reflect on the conversations or the disjointments that you've had as a leader with your, with your, the people that you're leading. Right? So on two cents, Gina, you're absolutely hitting it right. It's like, God, Thank you. And the constant reminders everywhere on a leadership sense. It's like, man, I need to go back and review and reflect as a leader. It's like, I could be better if I just go back and look at uh, how I can make myself better as a leader. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've done is I've actually scheduled in some intentional time for reflection um, within my calendar, within my PTO. So I, I do a spiritual retreat at least once a year. Um, where I just take 24 to 48 hours, I go off by myself. I love my wife because she allows me to do it. And the first thing that I'm doing during that spiritual retreat is before I start planning, before I start getting vision for the future, I just sit down and, and, I, and I've broken it up into sessions. I'm very type A, um, but I've broken it up into sessions. And that first session that I do during that spiritual retreat is just a moment of remembrance, a moment of reflection. Like, what did God do since the last time I was sitting in here and in this space and I need to go back and I need to review those things. Was it a big baptism weekend where we saw so many people take their next step? Was it a big freedom conference where we saw people really step into the freedom that God has for them? But I need to take time and I need to look at those things and I need to get perspective on those things just to remind me, like, you are a part of the greatest mission on planet Earth, and that is building God's church. And don't ever forget that. And then remember how I felt in that moment. Remember the emotions I was feeling in that moment. And it just takes me to a place where I can go, man, God is so good. God is so good. But here's what I know is that in the future, as we have more baptism celebrations and we have more freedom conferences or whatever it is in those moments that remind you of the faithfulness and the goodness of God, like it gets me excited for what's ahead because I just took a moment to take a look at it and go, man, when, when God showed up and he started to move, all of those people's lives were forever changed. And I get to be just a little bit of a part of that. And it gets me excited and it gets me encouraged. But it's that little moment of reflection that I take during those spiritual retreats that kind of gives me that opportunity to reignite the flame so that I can continue to do ministry in the season of head. So that would be one of the things that I would encourage you. If you have PTO time, if you have vacation time, take the vacation, go with your family. But maybe one day, maybe two days out of that PTO, out of that vacation time, just say, I'm going to go to a quiet space with God and I'm going to allow him to remind me of what he's done in my life. And then from there, then I'll start planning for the next thing or the next season that he has for me. So that would be one of the things that I would encourage everyone to do is just to take some intentional time to just reflect and remember 
God's goodness in our lives and what he's allowed us to be a part of here on earth and his mission. So love the conversation today, guys. Love this idea of, of, of remembering, of the discipline of remembrance so that we can continue to move forward in all that God has for us. Thank you guys for being here today. Thanks for having the conversation. Tim, Gina, you guys are incredible. Man, I think some people are really going to be helped with the conversation that we had today. Thank you, Pastor Nicole, for that incredible, incredible teaching. Hey, if you're listening here or you listen to the Leading Second podcast, we want to let you know that one of the things you could do for us is you could write a review. When you review the Leading Second podcast, it gets us out there and it gets the message out there that there's something, there's a podcast, there's some voices that really want to help and encourage people in the second chair continue to do ministry at the level they've been called to. So we want to encourage you, go ahead and leave a review of the podcast if it helped you today. And then we're excited for all all the stories that we're going to hear from what God is doing in your churches. And we're excited to see you in the fall for Leading Second Coaching Groups. Have an incredible, incredible summer. And we can't wait to see you in the future. Love y'all. so much for listening today. If you got anything valuable out of today's episode, go ahead and share it with your teams or with a friend in ministry, because that is what Leading Second is all about, linking arms and growing together. And hey, if you call yourself part of the Leading Second family, we would so appreciate it if you would take 30 seconds to leave a rating and a review wherever you find yourself listening. This helps us get this podcast and this message out to more second chair leaders that need to hear what is happening here each and every week. So we thank you and we appreciate you so much. For more information, you can check out leadingsecond.com. Follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond, and you can join us in the Leading Second Collective on Facebook. Facebook.